peace and blessings and welcome to another episode of sickle teller now i just want to get into some updates before we get into this episode uh the last couple of weeks was interesting there was a lot of news in regards to sickle cell anemia um i got a few people that sent me a new york times article that spoke to a 16 year old girl who was going through gene therapy in uh boston and the article itself took me to a multitude of different places and i didn't know what i wanted to record i didn't know what direction i wanted to go with initially i didn't know what topics i wanted to touch on by myself or with other people so that was the only reason why i took a few weeks off martin luther king's birthday slowed me up also i'm not gonna lie but um that was the reason why i took a few weeks off and there weren't any new episodes but there still will be content coming there might be more content in the next couple of weeks than normal but it's just because there's just a huge amount of uh, popularity attached to the idea of sickle cell at this moment and i want to um speak about it from you know perspectives that are just outside of mine um that can express the different emotions clearer than i may be able to just from my perspective so i wanted to make sure that um I took time and crafted that uh, presentation, whether it's one episode or a series of episodes accordingly, so that everybody can understand where I'm coming from. Now, here we are today. Today is, well, you guys will be hearing this on February 7th, and that ironically is my birthday. Yes, I was born February 7th, 1986. Now. No, I'm not just going to talk about my birthday in this episode. But what I am going to talk about is sickle cell and my birthday and what it has meant to me in the last, well, I guess you could say my entire life, but more, most importantly, maybe uh, the last couple of years. So as many people may or may not know if you've listened to this podcast or not, um, I have a there was a situation in which I was in sixth grade and I read a science textbook and in that science textbook it had a very brief explanation about what sickle cell is who's affected by it and lastly the lifespan of anybody who has sickle cell anemia and in sixth grade I can remember vividly reading it and it's saying that most individuals with sickle cell anemia don't live past the age of 21 and i cried cried in class i cried just because i think at the age of 12 i was just like so i don't really have nine years left of my life and it was a turning point for me uh in a lot of different ways because i think at that moment i kind of 
lost the true essence of what being a child was and I felt extremely serious about life because at any moment in my personal opinion I could be gone out of my control nothing I could do about it and um, I wanted to just it forced me to just feel super serious about a lot of things It did a lot of damage. And I can say that honestly now because at the age of 34, this would be my 13th anniversary of living past the age of 21. And, you know, initially I didn't really care too much for celebrating birthdays. And I think that was a part of it, just the idea of like, the reminder of the reality that is and that I'm still technically living on borrowed time. Granted, everybody is living on borrowed time because we're all going to die. But sometimes to be told how you're going to die can do a little bit more damage than intended. And I know that I myself was uncertain of what age I would truly live to even you know as time progressed and you know I got out of elementary school and got to high school and you know started to discover more of myself throughout high school and then high school came and you know got to college I wasn't as attached to what the book said more so than I was attached to the number 21 21 you know everybody sees 21 as such a liberating age like you can be you're an adult you can buy liquor you can you know own things in certain places and you know you, you just have a the, the the world sees you so much more as a contributing factor as opposed to a child now because you've you know you've achieved certain milestones or you're close enough in age to do things that are seen to be more adult-like versus, you know, if you're 16 years old and you just got your learner's permit. Um, but for me, it was awkward because I knew, like, all right, well, I don't think I'm just going to drop dead at 21. Like, you know, at 18, 19, I, I knew that that wasn't the case, but it still made me feel uneasy because it was like, all right, so what about what I learned in this book is true and what that I learned about sickle cell in this book is false. Um, And it started to discourage me in certain ways, like whatever, like there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm not even going to allow it to feel as heavy as it is and I definitely started to just jump more into the irresponsible tendencies that a young man would have you know in his late teens going into his early 20s Uh, and you know perspective is so important because without living to the age of 34 now and being able to like look back on these things and 
um, express my memories of where I was mentally about it, it gives me the opportunity to understand how difficult things were for me mentally, but not really understanding how I was supposed to overcome or deal with these things. Suppression became a big part of it. Um, coping and, you know, just trying to quote unquote drink the pain away or any other, you know, types of um, forms of self-medication drink, smoke, whatever the case was, these things just became a lot more comforting because it was like, well, yes, I've made it to 23, but that doesn't mean that it can't happen tomorrow. And those things stayed with me for a very long time, just the uncertainty about what will happen or what should happen or what could happen and just the inconsistencies and information that I was receiving it it was frightening to the point where I just turned cold on the information just like whatever I don't care I can't fix it I can't control it so I'm not going to allow it to paralyze or control me and you know I I speak about these things because there's a lot of a lot of the perspectives that I had they were half right because I was either being optimistic in a pessimistic situation or being pessimistic in an optimistic situation. Now, isn't it better to be optimistic in a pessimistic situation? Yeah, but, you know, being overly confident about something that you may need help with is detrimental to you as a human being and to your well-being because you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to find either the person or the things or the experiences that'll help you to understand what you need to understand in a situation and sometimes it pushes you further back because I, I also believe that without achieving certain things in life and these things that I'm talking about achieving are experience experiences without achieving certain experiences like your first heartbreak or you know that first um, job offer or doing something on your own without going through those things and understanding what those emotions are and you know maturing through it you kind of get stuck in certain places. And I do feel that there was points where I was stuck because I was so misinformed or unprepared or not ready to receive or to put myself in a position to open my mind and myself to what would just be helpful in you know, certain situations, what would make these issues that I'm having better um, but it still was scary it was scary because nobody wants to die nobody wants to know that they're going to die even though we're all going to die but to still have this like black cloud in your mind of like death can happen and 
if it didn't happen at the age of 21, it could happen in the next decade, in your 30s. It could happen in the following decade, in your 40s. It could still happen in your 20s. You know, there's no confirmation that the book was right or wrong or that what I knew to be truth was that. The only thing that I knew was that I have sickle cell, sickle cell anemia and unfortunately as I get older I just run a risk of certain complications and certain issues that can be detrimental to me if I am not aware of the severity of what it can do to my body and there were times where I just didn't want to think about it because it was too overwhelming. And then there was times where I overthought about it because I was trying to plan my way out of it. And it was just hard because the older that I got, nothing really changed. Like nothing really changed my idea for death has changed like I am I'm a lot more I respect death let's say that I respect death more and that's because death takes no prisoners you know um, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant you know that that was a very eye-opening experience because you know in comparison between, like, say, him and Nipsey Hussle, two influential black men in their respective fields, whether it's the art of music or the sport of basketball, which still has a very artistic flair to it. But when you think about these two men, loyalty to who they were is what ultimately was their downfall. Nipsey was loyal to his neighborhood, loyal to his gang, and loyal to his um, to the the promise that he made to himself about bettering his community. That he died on that, and Kobe was so loyal to his passion and his dedication as a human being, and now as a father that. He died taking his daughter to her, a basketball game, you know, due to a freak accident on a helicopter that he's traveled on. Maybe not that particular helicopter, but traveled using that type of serve, that type of transportation. Uh, to my knowledge, maybe hundreds, possibly even thousands of times. And this one time, just like with Nipsey, this one time, Things just didn't go as planned, as expected. And unfortunately, you know, two extremely impactful lives were lost, you know, on on behalf of it. Um, and it just reminds you that, you know, death doesn't discriminate on wealth or it doesn't discriminate on social status or you know, impact to a community or importance to other human beings. Death comes for who needs to go back home, if that's how you like to think of it, or 
return to the creator or their time has just ended on this life i mean in this life and we no longer have a need for the physical aspect of who they are it is tough to really understand that so it's tough the idea of death explaining it to other people trying to deal with the after effects of it it's tough for everybody included not included watching not watching like death will touch everybody's life one way or another and it will touch everybody's life differently um but it all just you know i brought those two uh, scenarios up because it started to expose to me that i unlike these two men who have we have completely different circumstances my biggest issue is that sickle cell has instilled in my mind an idea of a clock and that I have a time in which I need to accomplish things because my life isn't like everybody else's or, you know, there's no guarantee that I'll be here tomorrow, but I'm a black man living in New York City in America. There's more than enough reasons for me not to make it home outside of sickle cell. So I've it's you know it's as I as I say those statements it's like it's just the reality that I double back to that like I could be shot for being a black man not being disrespectful or respectful just for being physically black in America I can be shot down and killed whereas in a hospital because I have sickle cell I'm treated as a drug seeker or because of stereotypes you know I can be said I can deal with misogynistic point of points of views from people um, now stereotypes are stereotypes are stereotypes but what hurts is that some of these stereotypes can prevent me from living on this earth in the way that I would like to um, some of those stereotypes are controlled by you some of these stereotypes are controlled by the, the, the masses um, and some of the stereotypes you just can't avoid you know I, I can't avoid what it means to quote unquote be black because I'm black and if how I enunciate certain words at times may not be you know uh, the correct way unfortunately if I go back to my um, ancestors you know they come from Africa both of my parents are from Africa so English though I've learned it in America and I mean I've been raised I was born and raised in America but um that might not be the easiest language for my brain to automatically uh, adjust to 
they say obviously children can learn anything but you know it's leaning into those things that people tend to forget that not everybody is always going to have the same circumstances as everybody else that's what makes us all different what makes us all individuals and you know, I know I went off on a tangent, but just the idea of like the stereotypes just kind of took me to a place that reminded me, you know, that and I want to share it with you guys as well. There's no guarantee for anything. There's no guarantee that either of us, any of us will wake up tomorrow morning that we will wake up the same way we went to sleep. Um, that our world is going to remain the same like there's no guarantee for any of it at all and i realized that i was living with a uncertainty attached to who i was like i knew what i want out of life i know what i want out of life i knew what i wanted to accomplish from the time i was a child but I always had this thing in the back of my mind and that thing was sickle cell I remember thinking who's gonna want to hire somebody that gets sick as sick as I get and this was at the age of like nine or ten you know just thinking about how could I maintain a job if I'm always sick like how can I provide for a family if I'm always sick how can I be a man if I am always sick these are the things and the thoughts that I thought about all the time. And they only intensified as I got older because you can only be a child but so long. You can only have your parents' insurance cover you but so long. And, you know, once reality and real life started to kick in hard, yeah, these things, like, came back with a vengeance. And it is not the easiest thing in you know a black household let alone nigerian household let alone a modern household in america in the 90s and 2000s to think about going to therapy especially as a man that was not a thought and i slowly started to realize that maybe i need to talk to somebody that yeah, I came to the point I was like, I think I should go to therapy. And it probably happened when I was in my 30s. Like, that idea became a lot more important to me. But even that was a journey to find the way to go about doing it. You know, I, I spoke about it. I was very vocal about it. I want to go to therapy. I want to go to therapy. I say to my parents, my siblings, to my uh, fiance, I want to go to therapy. And I had never taken the time because I felt I was always too busy or, you know, I'll have the opportunity to do so. And as you can see with, you know, not to go back to Kobe and Nipsey, but why put off till tomorrow what you can do today because tomorrow for sure is not guaranteed and I thought you know what maybe just maybe this is an opportunity for me to look into therapy and 
start a new year on this earth with some clarity with some understanding with you know a little guidance about what it is that I can do to be better at whatever I want to be better at whether it's how I deal with sickle cell whether it's how I deal with time in regards to my personal life or sickle cell or just me I mean nobody's perfect so I'm pretty sure having somebody tell you about yourself that doesn't know you is always just it might be rough but if you're paying for it I think you're looking for them to tell you what you're looking for um so it's exciting to know that I've reached a point where I've decided to go to therapy and that is my gift to myself on my 34th birthday I am taking myself to therapy um and I feel like it's important, you know, to be able to just understand what these things that I described in this podcast or in this episode, how they've affected me. You know, maybe they have no effect and it's all in my mind or maybe it's so deep rooted that I don't even understand how to fix it on my own or how truly uh, damaged it has led me, uh, excuse me, it has left me. Um, you know, so it's exciting. It's scary. And I only say it's scary because, you know, it's a new experience. Anything new, if it's not scary, it's not something that you're really looking forward to doing too much. But, you know, I I truly, truly, truly am excited because these are steps that I've, you know, been thinking about and talking about, but now I'm actually like putting into motion and I'm excited to see what the results will be. You know, I'm, I'm super excited to see what the results will be uh, from my first therapy session. So that has been what... I've dealt with since I think the age of 12 they're 22 years yeah 22 years I was 12 in 6th grade I think yeah yep roughly 12 11 12 so for like the last 22 23 years that's just been something that's always been in the back of my mind that textbook and it telling me that I may not make it to my 21st birthday as I am now approaching my 34th birthday, or maybe it's my 13th birthday since I was supposed to, quote-unquote, transition. Yeah, it's so crazy because, again, just even saying it out loud, it's like it's weird. It's like such a weird thing to grasp. Pardon me. Again, many people may not understand it because... They've never been in a situation in which they've been told that they maybe have escaped death or that death is possible in this situation, depending on how they fight through it or depending on how things go. So maybe it just sounds harsher to me than people would actually take it, but to know death even though it's inevitable to everybody could come to you 
in a way that you can't control and is pretty much how how you were born is how you would die you know i was born with sickle cell and i could die because of sickle cell again death has no preference on how you're supposed to die so that's not what is the bothersome part the bothersome part was that I didn't know at what age and I didn't know what I'd be able to accomplish and I think that was what was scary and hurt the most and brought me to tears it's like maybe I'll never get to have a family maybe I'll never get to raise a child maybe I'll never get to you know own my own business or do things for my parents these are all the things that the age of 11 that I thought about and honestly I don't want another child to think that way again you know I really don't I don't feel that it's healthy I don't feel that it's necessary and I don't feel that it's worth it for anybody to walk around and feel that their time is coming because of a disease or an ailment or a pre-existing condition that they have you know everybody regardless of their situation should live every day to the fullest not like it's their last because I did a lot of that and there could have been some situations where it was my last but living it to the fullest and being able to go to sleep knowing that you did everything that you wanted and the things that you didn't want to do, you didn't do. The things that you didn't do wasn't because of anything but you choosing not to do it. You sleep a lot easier. And if in any case you do transition, you do, you know, have to deal with a physical or a mental or emotional challenge in regards to the death of someone even if it's yourself at least you know if you never see this person again they know how you felt about them or how they felt about you um because those are the things that haunt people about death not being able to have closure and i think if we all live with the idea that closure is not closure but it should be uh, confirmation you know just because I say I love you today doesn't mean that I can't say it tomorrow because saying it tomorrow just confirms what I said yesterday that's what I feel we should take from death is that don't get caught up in you know not having closure but get caught off in reminding people how much you appreciate them how much you enjoy having them around or you enjoy doing what you do for them or, you know, how much you just love being alive. You know, these things are important to let people know because when you're gone, regardless of who you are, how you feel and what you think, there's nothing you can do to bring your life back. So... Once I complete my therapy session, I may record and let you guys know how I feel about it. Um, 
where it took me emotionally, where I stand. I mean, it's only one session, but it's a start. And I feel like that start is the hardest part, is putting that first brick down to build the empire. That's the hardest part, is choosing how you're going to lay this first brick and where you're going to lay it and what direction so that the pattern can be built on that one brick. So, you know, I look forward to sharing what my experience is at therapy. Thank you guys for taking time to listen to this. Um, you know, I am super grateful. We just reached about 500 listens on the last uh, time I checked with all the episodes that have been out. So thank you to every single body that has been listening. Everyone that's told a friend to tell a friend. Anybody that has been interested in listening to this podcast because it speaks to them or they just want to know more about sickle cell or it you know is just a, a podcast about somebody going through something that makes them feel like they have somebody to relate to i appreciate it and know that you do have somebody that relates to you we may not be brothers through or sisters through I better yet, we may not be siblings through the same genetic disorder, but we're siblings in that we're fighting, you know, a battle for our lives to be as effective, as meaningful, and most of all, most of all, as impactful as possible. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. Um, and tune in. I'm going to say next week because I want you guys to hold me to that. I'll be back next week with a new episode stay tuned for the presentation of the um, article that I did read in regards to sickle cell um, it'll still be in podcast form but I do feel like it might be um, a little bit more um, in depth with the information and you know, the topics that are discussed so tune into that but again thank you guys so much I truly appreciate it and you have an amazing, blessed, and beautiful day. Day. <laughs> and uh, I'm super excited to know that I shared my 34th, birth 34th birthday with every single one of the people that clicked play on this podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Peace and blessings.